Naze hotaru wa sonani hayaku shinana kareba nananaino desuka? Welcome to episode 11 of Media Nest, the podcast where we discuss films and albums that we recommend to each other. This week, as always, I'm joined by Dylan. Hello there. And Brad. Konnichiwa. And my name Buzz. is Adam. <laughs> and this week, as uh, as you see from the intro, which uh, that translates to why do fireflies have to die so soon? That is a quote from our film this week. It's pretty mm. deep, to be fair. And uh, the film I wanted to discuss this week, I recommended, was 1988's Grave of the Fireflies. The old really, but shit. Takahata. Yeah, Dylan don't <laughs> Dylan don't like films pre two thousand eight. So uh... two thousand and eight is pretty vintage. <laughs> this would be to interesting. Be yeah, I mean a classic <laughs> film, Dark Knight. That's the black and white classic, mm. isn't it? You know. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then our <laughs> album this week was recommended by Brad, and that was Paolo Mutini's Caustic Love album from twenty fourteen, I believe. Yes, boy. Yeah. So let's get into. Hotaru no Haka, or Grave of the Fireflies in English. So uh, this film, as I said, released in 1988, Japanese release, and then released in uh, worldwide 1989. It was actually a double bill with another Studio Ghibli film, uh, My Neighbor Tutoro, <laughs> which was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, who's the more well-known Studio Ghibli director. But Studio Ghibli, the Japanese animation studio, was founded by both Isao Takahata and Hayao Miyazaki. But whereas Miyazaki tends to deal with the more magical, like fantasy children elements of his films, so they're very spiritual, they're based on Mm. like Japanese folklore, and they're very kid-friendly... It's fun. Takahata's, yeah, Takahata's <laughs> films, on the other hand, are less fun. Not like that. Yeah, <laughs> less fun, let's say. Yeah. Uh, they're more grounded in reality. They're more dramas. They're more yeah. depressing, dark, gut wrenching. Really meant for kids. I would yeah. not recommend this for children. I wouldn't put this film with my neighbor Totoro. Definitely not. Yeah, although Studio Ghibli thought that was a good idea. And actually, interestingly, the reason they tied it with My Neighbor Totoro was because the like distribution, they didn't mm. want to put My Neighbor Totoro out because it was really magical and they didn't really understand it. So they that put out Grave of the Fireflies because it had educational purposes. So they actually oh, used Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> to advertise My Neighbor Totoro. But then My Neighbor Totoro went on to be a huge success made $30 million worldwide. It's like the breakthrough that's film huge. for Studio Ghibli. Uh, 30 million, that's kind yeah. of rookie numbers, really, isn't it? No, and that's 3.7 million budget, though. And you got yeah, remember, And also, no. yeah, this is in the 80s when people are like, oh, a whole cartoon movie, that's, you know, yeah. not for me. That's Fred, sad. you got to remember, this is 1988. Oh, this is chill, man, I'm joking. Animated film, <laughs> I'm, joking. No, I'm just joking. saying, it's big ups, big ups. Whereas yeah, 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 yeah. Grave of the Fireflies made half a million well. Oh, yeah, that's some big boy budget, budget right there. Yeah, so <laughs> people, for some reason, people did not want to watch a depressing Oh, I could, could tell you why. Drama. Yeah, why not? <laughs> 
What's wrong with people? For God's sake. But yeah, um, the top user IMD review, IMDb yeah. review, sorry, which I thought was quite interesting and sums this film up quite well, is mm. this is the best movie you'll never want to see again. Oh my God. <laughs> I That is such a mood. I wish I had it in me to watch it again because I, re- I would like to, but mm. maybe I just need to get emotionally stable <laughs> before yeah, I do so... that. So if we, if obviously we're alluding to it, but as I said in the intro, in our oh. little introductory quote, one of the quotes from the film is why do fireflies have to die so soon? And that's kind of a metaphor for the themes of the film in general. And oh, yeah. Everyone called, dies. The film's <laughs> called Grave of the Fireflies. So you're already yeah. a bit suspicious of it before you've even started it. Yeah. You know? This ain't going to be a run-of-the-mill happy kids film. The first line kind of gives it away. Like, yeah. It, what was it like? Oh, my name's... What's his name? Uh, his name's Sata. Sata. Yeah. yeah. My name is Sata, and I am dead, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was um, <laughs> September 1945. That's the day I died. That's, That's the it. opening line of the film. <laughs> And then from there is like basically a flashback and you see what leads to that point. So, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get into spoilers from this point on. Yeah. It's a difficult film to talk about without spoiling it. Anyway. I mean, we've spoiled every film we've reviewed so far. So, I yeah. mean, I don't... <laughs> you go, you go. But with this film, I, I would recommend it before knowing the spoilers. Because I think a lot yeah. of the films we've talked about, like Dark Knight or Green Lantern, like, they're very common films people probably already seen. Really yeah, hard to that? spoil them. Whereas this, this is film 100% is like very just... obscure. A lot of people haven't seen it. I don't know. Yeah. I'd say this is on the same level as Green Lantern when it comes to obscurity. Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> no, Green Lantern's not obscure. It's just shit, man. <laughs> it's just shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's Green Lantern mentioned in uh, five, six yeah. episodes now. It's Consecutively, still, still yeah. Rolling. But yeah, like. I would recommend this film, but with the caveat that I don't think this film is meant for everyone. I recommended no. it to you guys because I feel like you can take it, but yeah. I would not recommend this to a lot of people because it is it's heavy. You know? It's very heavy. If you it's if you are heavy. not having a good day, do not watch the movie. Yeah, it's not going to make you feel better. You will think no. about it afterwards as well. Like, I don't know, you might lot. get a refreshing <laughs> review, you know. You might come out with a different perspective. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely... You might think, actually, my life's really not that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that, no, that is a good point. I do think That is a great point. Although it is very sad, very depressing, I do think there's sort of bittersweet elements to it as well. It makes you feel grateful. Yeah, mm. and it does leave you. It's very thought provoking. You do it does leave 100%. you hundred percent thought. So mm. uh, the IMDb description for the film is very simple. So it's just a young boy, as we said, Sata, and his little sister Setsuko struggle to survive in Kobe, Japan, during World War Two. So this is a war film. Yeah, but it's animated in a similar style to other Studio Ghibli films. Yeah. So although it looks fairly kid friendly and if you just like <laughs> looked at a screenshot of it you'd be like this is this is a japanese kids film it's gonna be literally literally it's a wolf not. hiding in sheep skin or clothing yeah, or whatever I, they're saying we're is. warning you like apparently the people when 
My Neighbor Tutora was played first in the cinemas before this. People just left as soon as Grave of the Fireflies started because they've just seen this magical kids film and now mm. they've just been hit with like a sledgehammer. Basically. Yeah. And I can understand that. And I can understand why it didn't make any money as well because... <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it wasn't necessarily the biggest, like the smartest idea to play at this really magical kids film, as you say. And then... Yeah, yeah. it's then, not. <laughs> and then come in with an absolute mood changer. So... Yeah, honestly. <laughs> maybe that was poor planning good. on their behalf. But... Well, as I said, that was so that they could get my neighbor Totoro distributed because this yeah. was this was seen as an educational thing. So it was like this yeah. had more artistic merit than something that they just considered an animated kids film. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a weird juxtaposition where the kid friendly film made all the money and everyone loved it, and then this <laughs> film depressed people and didn't make any yeah. money. But it's interesting. So obviously we can get into spoilers now. But yeah. as we've as we've mentioned, this is a very very sad film. Extremely. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say you'd have to have a stone heart to not feel anything while watching this. Yeah, I am gonna go out on a limit. I'd say there is not a single person who could watch this film who won't feel emotion, like strong emotion. I'm not talking like yeah. past it. Like this is a film that just stirs everything up in you you know yeah it's a it's a tearjerker but it's not uh like manipulative in any way it's not like cheap it don't like rely on like cheap tricks like killing off a dog yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Marley <laughs> let's not do this <laughs> let's not do this <laughs> like yeah Marley and me it's like oh no the dog's gonna die I'm gonna cry Whereas this oh doggy dead shit. But, yeah. Um, I'll I'll admit I'll go out on a limb and say yeah I don't usually cry like often I'm not mm. saying that I'm like oh, I'm a man I'm a fucking man I don't cry it just yeah, generally yeah. don't usually happen like not when watching films as well yeah but there's only a couple of films that have made me cry and one is like Schindler's List and this film the first time I saw it I was like bawling like a baby towards the end yeah. Of I'm not even going to lie to you, Chief. <laughs> I was an emotional right. wreck. Literally same. So, I mean, not same. So, I, I am a crier sometimes. But sometimes. I don't cry at movies. Sometimes. <laughs> Only once a day. And, um, <laughs> and uh, no, I don't cry at movies. I don't get emotionally attached in, like, yeah. watching movies and stuff. But this fucking got me. I was watching it with my girlfriend and my uh, roommate. And they were there, like sad and somber and i was just there curled up in a ball <laughs> yeah. just fucking sobbing but yeah it's it's definitely i think the only movie apart from up <laughs> that made me cry <laughs> fair enough what about what about you brad did you uh, shed a little tear or you too i mean i wouldn't you? I, I, I mean i didn't shed any tears but i mean i definitely felt the emotion of it i'll give you that yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair enough Brad's, Brad's too too much of a hard nut for that. No, it's just, I, I, I mean, I don't cry at films. It's not a thing I've ever done. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's is, fair, that's fair. It's a fairly uncommon thing anyway, but it's like some films just catch you in a way that you don't really expect. Yeah, yeah that's the I thing. Mean, I was not expecting that. I'm also not the type of knob to like stand up after a film and start clapping for it. So, I mean, like, yeah, oh, no. Brad Maybe it's British. just certain people. No one has ever done that. <laughs> no one has ever uh, done that. Trust. I swear it was you that said you've been in a cinema before when someone stood up at the end and clapped. 
Oh, I can't even remember. Right. Uh, someone said this. I can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah. No, I was watching Jumanji 2. The next <laughs> <laughs> Just, I had to. Standing ovation. No, I, swear, <laughs> I swear someone said it was like at the end of like a DC film or something. It might have been Harry. DC oh, no. Film. No, do you know what? I think, I think you're right. I think it was Avengers Endgame. But it oh. wasn't at the end. It was like when the uh, when the like big reveal happens of all the characters. I'm oh sure my there was some god! People clapping in there and cheering and shit. I had right. people whooping. Right. Ignore, <laughs> ignore Adventures Endgame anyway, because that film yeah. shit. That's yeah. Just gonna cancel, but carry on. Let's go back <laughs> to uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. I think yeah, uh, yeah. another thing we were saying about it being emotional. I think it makes a big difference. Because it's animated and because it's like kid friendly as well, because it it makes it much more real. And also another yeah. thing is the two main characters we've got in the whole film that we follow the whole way is the the brother and his younger sister, and they feel like children. Mm. So it everything that happens to them in the film is much more impactful because they actually feel like children. And the reason yeah. for that is because the director wanted them to be age appropriate. So the uh, older brother was 16 at the time of recording, but the little sister, Setsuko, was six. That blows my mind. That yeah. honestly blows my mind because the voice acting for it is so good. Mm. It's very good. You don't normally in like movies like this, you'd get like a teenager or even an adult. Someone like Tara Strong, who does like baby voices in like yeah. all the uh, like animated cartoons and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can tell like it's a thirty-year-old trying to. <laughs> yeah, <talk> yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, the fact that they sounded like kids, and even just like, yeah, just everything was them being a kid. It just fucking it. It's way more impactful. Way more. Definitely, and also which makes it much, much worse, is this is based on a true story as well. Yeah, you can kind of tell it was based on real events. Yeah, because obviously it's set during World War II in Japan. Yeah, the end of World War. Yeah, so you know that, like, the bombings and the the other things in the war effort were happening. They didn't go as far as the nukes, so that's one thing in this film. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But then, obviously, that's because it is based on a true story. So it's based on a Mm. novel by Akiyuki Nosaka, which basically documented his own experience during World War II. That fucking blows my mind. Yeah. So uh, he lost his little sister to malnutrition during the war and blamed himself. And basically, he wrote the novel... 20 years later to deal with that loss and you, you can feel that, that through the film like I, I didn't know that the first time I was watching the film I was still sad because it's a sad story I yeah. read that afterwards and I was like fuck this is it's if all this actually happened you can't imagine how horrific that would have been you know the entire movie is almost like kind of like a, a love letter to like yeah. his sister kind of thing yeah definitely and it's treated like very seriously and very like lovingly, as you said. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like the the ending is very bittersweet as well, mm. because as we said, the start of the film is uh, we could I suppose we could run through the plot. Let's yeah, let's run through. Yeah, let's run and through. Then we could talk about the ending. Otherwise, it'd be a bit disjointed. But yeah, yeah. So as we said, the film starts with him saying, "This is the day that I died," and he's he's basically like abandoned in a train station. 
and mm. the, the you like, see abandoned there's people. bare other kids there as well yeah, yeah so there's just like bodies like on the floor in this train station like either sleeping or dead and yeah like obviously our our main character of the film dies in the first minute of the film and then the rest is told <laughs> in flashback so yeah. you already know like how bad how bad it is you get like a feeling for it instantly as well though when like you got the train inspectors or the police whoever it is or walking yeah. through there it's like oh another one so exactly yeah it's like not it's not even like a big deal because this has happened so much and what i like is that you don't see all the other stories of the other people there because yeah. they've probably got similar depressing stories so similar like, if not worse yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so then after that you get the flashback because his sister's there and then you basically yeah. see what led to that point so in the first half an hour of the film their hometown gets bombed yeah and they're basically like he's looking after his little sister he runs away you later find out that the mum was in the bombings and their mum yeah. passes away. Then it's basically they go to live with the aunt and then... Oh, what yeah. a... Oh. And the aunt is basically like a very patriotic bitch, basically. She's, She's basically like... if like a British hamhead was Japanese, it was a Japanese woman. Yeah. And it just kind of reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of the the relationship Harry Potter has with his auntie and uncle. Yeah, yeah. she's very she's much that, so. She's that like vindictive aunt where she's like, "You should be working for your own food. Everyone else is working for the war effort." And it's like, I mean, he's kind of yeah. like twelve, and he's looking he's, after his little sister. He's just literally lost his mum. Uh, his dad's like missing because he's like a uh, what's it? He's like a Soldier. sailor. Yeah. yeah. I, Navy, it's like part of the it Navy, yeah. There was one part which was like jarring me about her because, like, she was like, Oh, yeah, you should be working, but also, like, she got the big care package, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she and took like got rice. all the rice and bonito flakes and fish yeah. and all that. Even one thing, I, I was glad I caught onto it because it kind of it opened my eyes a bit. So, when they were all eating at the table that first night with the soup, mm. the brown soup, so she was serving it up. And she was giving hit him and the child just like the soupy stuff, yeah. And then he, she was giving her daughter and her husband like the potato and the meat and stuff like that. Yeah, so like they were just they, drinking they were the working, soup. They were mm. working towards the war effort, and she was like, "You don't. Oh yeah, you this don't deserve you're not it. Working towards it, and you're just like just mate, little just things like that. Yeah. Exactly. Things you need to consider in this film that this kid's just lost his mumsy, doesn't know where yeah. his dad is. You know. Yeah. Exactly. But that is the that's the f point where he decides that he's going to go on his own because his aunt's just treating him like such a dickhead. He's yeah. like, right, if you want me to be a man, because now he's got to grow up and become the man of the family. He's like, yeah. I'm going to take my sister. We're going to find a place to live. We're going to buy our own food. We're going to do all this. Yeah. And at one point, it's going really well for them. And they're eating nicely and they're having a really yeah. good time. And you're like, oh, this could... This could lead to something like quite exactly. happy, actually. You know, I'm feeling good for these mm. characters now. And then slowly that starts to unravel. It's a very well. slow descent, but yeah, not in a way that the film was slow, but it just shows no, just degradation, you know? The film's literally just under 90 minutes as well. It feels longer in a good way. Because in you, a good way. You see so much happening and there's so much happening there. There's a lot to of me, content. To me, the film just flies by. Yeah, and you're just like, not once was I. 
disengage with the story at all. Mm. Honestly, it was it's it's one of those movies that you mm. you don't want it to stop, even though it hurts. <laughs> you don't want it yeah. to stop. Yeah, like that's why the ending hurts so much. But then yeah, mm. after that, so they're they're feeding themselves and they're living in a bomb shelter, and you get that little little bit of respite where you're like they're they're living right now, they're doing a good job, and mm. then slowly like they run out of money, they can't get food anymore so Sator starts stealing, stealing. Yeah. yeah and then he's like being punished by that mm. all the interactions between them two as well was just like yeah. so good because it wholesome. was like yeah wholesome, wholesome. Also, they really were children because it's like when he gets beaten up and he's got like bruises on his face mm. the little sister is like do you need to go see a doctor and it's like yeah, the the childhood innocence is slowly being taken away from him. Honestly, and that's kind of the whole point of the film. It's literally just the yeah, like like you said, the entire film is just watching these two kids just have their entire lives, like an innocence, was ripped away yeah. and just forced into adulthood. Just like here you go, fucking survive. Exactly. Off you pop. Yeah. And that's probably what happened with millions and millions of kids around the world, Definitely, especially in places yeah. like Japan, where it was just completely fucked. Yeah, but then uh, the scene when they're, she's getting seen by the doctor and obviously she's showing signs of malnutrition. So she's mm. she's got diarrhea and she's got rashes and stuff. And then mm. he says, uh, Sata says to the doctor, like, can you give her medicine? And the doctor's mm. just like really blasé, like, all this little girl needs is food. And Sata snaps, and he's just like, where am I going to get food? Yeah. It's so impactful. Yeah, you need to consider all of that, the rations that were happening at the time as well. So Yeah. Yeah, because we've already seen how difficult it is for them to get food. Food is such a scarcity in this environment at the time. Yeah. And the doctor's just like, I've got more patients oh, yeah, just, to see. Yeah, just yeah. go get some food. Hey, hey, go get yourself some food. Yeah, go yeah. get yourself a nice fish and chips. Go like, get your money up. Go get some food. <laughs> but it's little things like that little details that really ground the story that makes you feel like yeah. you're there yeah to the to the doctor at least it's just like oh this kid just needs some food but like us watching we're just like screaming at the tv like you j he can't fucking get food just help him yeah kind of thing yeah and then of course that leads to our ending where sata he firstly he finds out at the bank that his dad's ship has been blown up. Yes, yeah, so Japan lost war, Japan's and everyone war. dead. Yeah. yeah, and then he basically goes home to the bomb shelter and discovers that uh, Setsuko has been eating like mud. Mm. She thinks she's basically like going through like delusions. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's just hallucinating shit. Like, yeah, and she's like, probably starving. Yeah. yeah, and like offering him. Rice balls, rice balls. like made out of mud. Yeah, and, uh, and you also get a flashback to what she's been doing when Sata's been away, where she's oh, been like man. eating mud and all this other stuff because obviously she doesn't know any better. Yeah, and while and while Sata's out doing other things, she's thinking she's looking after herself, but that is what's causing like the malnutrition. Yeah, yeah. Which makes it even worse. Like it's fucking hard to talk about. Yeah, and then um, so basically, 
Sator like panics and buys loads and loads of food and like a big watermelon, which must have cost thousands because he yeah. only had what three thousand yen. Was it yen? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. And then that's like his desperate attempt at saving his sister because the whole film, his whole goal is just to keep his sister alive. Basically, he doesn't yeah. even really care about himself. He's Not just at trying all. to keep her alive, and then basically that's what causes her to die. Where he mm. says in one of the most devastating lines I've ever seen in a film, I think he's just like, it comes up with voiceover and it's just like, she never woke up. And then yeah, it fades to something else. And you just left there to ruminate basically. Just like, yeah. Oh. It's just him walking along a lonely road. I think mm. that was the scene after that. And it is just, you're left to think like, Oh fuck. So she's fucking dead. Yeah, like what like, the hell? Literally... Hey, wait, it's not just that though. I mean, you, you then see him buy things to then burn her. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had to like cremate her. Process. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the no. guy, oh my god, and the guy who was selling him the, uh, or giving him advice or whatever, just like, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, your sister happy. died. Like, yeah, that's fucking yeah. mad. That's because he's getting business, Brad. Because mm. the war's no, over, he's, but he's, he's getting business. He's getting his money up still. Yeah, but he, the guy was like, oh yeah, um, you just get him straw. Uh yeah, you can uh you can burn her. Uh, see you later, yeah. bro. But I feel like that's part of it, where all of the adults in this story are like jaded, ignoring yeah. everything, and then like you've got your children character, where his whole his everything has been taken away from him, basically. Yeah. And then he it, the other guys just like, oh yeah, you could just do this. Like it's not it's not that big a deal for him. Mm. But I suppose that's like a sign of the times because. There's so much worldwide destruction going on. Like no one's gonna yeah. care about this one kid who's exactly, this, you know. Yeah, but the the way that the the ending is like directed and the the acting, the music as well, the God, score um, for this film, I I think is gorgeous. It's just beautiful. I think it genuinely, the entire movie is just. The art, yeah. the writing, the voice acting, the is that everything? It's just it yeah. works so well, so well. But but you have like a a consistent like theme in the mm. music that comes in quite a lot. And then yeah. what I say about the ending being bittersweet, what I mentioned earlier, is the final scene is basically you've got the metaphor of the fireflies, so they keep catching fireflies and they. They use yeah. it to light up their cave. And then one morning the fireflies are dead because obviously their lifespan is just like 24 hours or whatever. Yeah. That's when uh, Setsuko says, why do fireflies have to die so soon? And then He's trying to end, make up that Owl City song, that's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, you've got like the final shot of this film is like one of my favorite yeah. ending shots ever where he's walking up the hill the whole sky is lit up with these green fireflies and then he yeah. sees Setsuko at the top and they just like embrace and you've got the like build up of the score going at yeah. the same time and that, like I love that song so much anyway but it really yeah. adds to that scene where like at least he's with his sister now you know at least they yeah. sort of found peace at the end they're, they're together they don't have to worry about food yeah. or anything like that yeah, Maybe it's it... a nice story, this, really. It's about finding happiness after death. 
nice. Yeah. It, it's not a nice story, but it does it does have that little bit at the end which although it is fucking depressing and sad, that final shot is genuinely like very beautiful and Ching. heartwarming, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's heartwarming and heart wrenching at the same time. It's really weird. <laughs> It's hard to describe it, unless you've seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should definitely see it, but just know for a fact that it's gonna be it's gonna be sad. So just quickly before we go into final thoughts, Brad, this is your yep. first experience with a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. So what did what did you think of the art style? Seems alright. I mean, like, because I've I'm saying I asked you whilst I was watching it. I was like, have you ever mm. seen things like Shin Chan? Um, mm. Which is obviously just a cartoon, but it had the sort of same sort of art style. Mm. Um, yeah, like I say, it was it's a nice way to per- portray a film. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it would have been the same if it was live action at all. Oh God, no! no. For oh. me, it's like I don't have an awful lot of experience in this sort of thing, so I can't give you more than that, really. Mm. But yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a nice art style. I'll give you that. Yeah. See, to me, yeah. I, I just think Japanese animation is just so much better than it's top tier. Top tier. Yeah. There, there's nothing better, in my opinion. Drawn, hand-drawn animation, it holds up. Whereas, like, this is 1988. You look at films from, like, 2006 or something like that. You look Madagascar. at Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. That's what well, no, like, fully, fully animated. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Madagascar or fucking B-movie or something. Right? Mm. Every, like, two or three years, it's out of date because they're constantly changing it. Whereas this... Honestly. Studio Ghibli have basically been making the same style films for like 40 years they i holds up i'd go as far as saying as they've perfected that yeah they definitely. are the best in the world at what they do yeah by far definitely i agreed so yeah uh, let's move on to final thoughts then i think i'll go last because this was my recommendation yeah. we'll start with you brad because you've you've not had as much to say about this film so what was yeah. your, just your overall thoughts for me, it was just like it was a nice story, nice, nice mm. package. I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Yeah, but in terms of overall, I, I, I don't because we haven't really gone onto any negatives. But I don't think you can awfully you can say an awful lot about anything. No. There, I can't think you of can't, anything. You can't really think of too much negative. I mean, it's, it's very sad, but I mean, it's not really it negative. You, it takes you through the plot at a very nice pace. Uh, yeah. It gives you all the information you need to digest at the right times, um, mm. and like I say, just the, the characters you get, you end up building emotional response to it. So, it, if what it's trying to do, it does perfectly. So you cannot yeah. argue yeah. with it yeah. in that response. And like I say, it's just a nice art style. It had some, like I say, nice soundtrack to it. Overall, can't say anything bad about it. The only yeah. thing I I can really say is it it I wasn't completely overwhelmed by it i wasn't you know i wasn't shocked to a point where i couldn't believe it because it was very believable yeah so you know me i mean i I like a film that pushes boundaries too far i mean this this was exactly what you could have expected a war film to be yeah Yeah. in that sense again i I can't think of anything bad to say about it but um yeah i I feel like i'm just gonna sit with i'm I'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a good score don't get me wrong it's Mm. gonna get a (laughs) 4.5 from me yeah. Um, yeah. Fair play. Because, like I say, if if I can't say anything bad about it, then why can't I give it anything less than that? So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Me. No, that's fair enough. That makes sense. So basically, you're saying as a film, it's like 
got all the elements uh, that it's as a film, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. For me, I mean, it's, it also might be because it's just not my style of film, but yeah, again, yeah. I, I the whole the whole package it brings it brings everything. So yeah, mm. I'm happy about that, you know, because obviously with with Dylan, I know he's a fan of Studio Ghibli, so yeah, I like Brad it. was the but wild with card. You, here. I was unsure. I suppose mm. the other question here is would I watch it again? I probably wouldn't, but mm. that's fair. It's fair. That is a hundred percent fair, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean I I I can't say anything bad about it. So mm. At, mm. at the same time it has to be a high score. So fair Yeah. Enough. Right. For me, I I have watched hundreds and hundreds of films. Hundreds. I've only rated two hundred and two on Letterboxd, but I know I've watched like triple that. Mm. I have rated Six films, five stars, and this is one of them. Ooh, I like where this is going. For me, this is one of the most perfect movies, beginning to end. Just, I have zero negatives to say about it. And that is really rare, because I always have something negative to say. But I have zero negatives with this. Mm. It, from the first second till... The last second, you just—I I was just watching. I was drawn in. I didn't expect this movie at all, at all. I wasn't ready for it. Mm. I definitely was not ready for it. But he wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> but um, my God, just everything about it just is perfect. I can't. I'm struggling to 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 word how I feel about it. It's just such a good film. Yeah. I would probably watch this again. But in the very far future, just to to kind of like, after I've watched a few hundred more movies, just to kind of bring it full circle and be like, ah, this is the perfect movie. Yeah. For me, this is literally the perfect movie. If I could rate it more than five stars, I would. Yeah. Fair enough. This was a good Smashed for it. me then, because this is what Smashed I was Smashed it. And uh, I, can, I can say, because I've seen it yeah. twice, it does sit with you. Mm. You... You watch it that first time and you're like, I don't ever want to see yeah. it again. I'm fucked yeah. up now. For like a few days, you're like thinking about it. But I was, I had a dream about it the night after. Back. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it kept popping back into my head. And I was like, I've definitely got to recommend this film at one point. Because yeah. it's so it's so interesting to talk about as well. There's so much. There's so I mean, much. I could have probably carried this on for like hours. But Honestly. Yeah, for me, like... I agree with everything Dylan said, basically. Like, it's, it is pretty much a perfect film. There's mm. no negatives. Like, usually we would discuss positives and negatives. But yeah. I genuinely can't think of a negative of the film at all, beyond no. the fact that only a select few people could watch it, you know? Like, I, yeah. think, I wouldn't recommend this to my parents or, like, no. kids or <laughs> random people, you know? You've got to be in a certain mindset to watch it because it genuinely is probably the most emotionally like reactive film I've ever seen like yeah apart from Schindler's List that's up there as well for obvious reasons but I just love films that leave you with an emotion whether that's happiness or sadness yeah and it's a lasting imprint yeah it's so lovingly crafted every element of it is put together and you can tell that they really yeah. cared. So yeah, for me, exactly the same. Five star film. I I couldn't give it any less. Like even on yeah. second watch, I was thinking maybe I'll pick up on something else. There was nothing. No. Like it's just perfectly paced, 
beautiful art style, beautiful music, brilliant story. Honestly. It's just a great film. And also, it is the 48th highest rated film on IMDb. Should be higher. Yeah. So <laughs> Should be 8, higher. 8.5 on IMDb. So, like, Damn. I don't know who would That's dislike really this good. film unless you just really hate being sad. You know? I, genu- genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, I think it's only that low mm. because people weren't ready for the sadness. Yeah, or not I think that people might have be seen it. it. Because... Yeah. Because out of all of the Studio Ghibli films that they've recently put on Netflix, I think they've put, like, most of the back catalogue. This isn't on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's mental. I told my friend, as soon as I watched it, I jumped into my other group, like, my boys' group chat, and I told them they need to watch yeah. this as soon as possible. It's one of those. I genuinely think, like, you need to see this. It's like a perfect war film, perfect animated film. It's just going to leave you depressed. Yeah, but it's one of those movies where this is now my movie where if anyone says, what is your favourite movie, this is it. I genuinely think that. Adam, you've done bits here. You've done bits here. That's good from you. That's good from you. That's good from you, bro. Okay, then. Well, moving on to something else that we might might like as well. Something a little less depressing, but also has depressing elements. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to be as depressing. Brad, if you want to lead our album discussion this week. Yes. So, 2014's Caustic Love, uh, the third studio album by Paolo Nutini, the Scottish singer-songwriter. Yep. Scottish. Man, man is Scottish, not Italian. Oh. Uh, full name Paolo oh, okay. Giovanni Nutini. So yeah, that's oh, a yeah. Scottish. Okay, that Scottish. is a Scottish yeah, yeah, yeah. man right there. Hey, you're not Paolo. Yeah. You're doing like <laughs> 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 No, he's uh, he's Italian on his father's side. His mum's actually yeah. full on Scottish. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, album was generally well reviewed. Debuted at number one in the UK album charts, selling 109k first week. It stayed there for three weeks, selling 200k within that time. And that's just UK sales, by the way. That's not worldwide mm. sales. That is UK not sales. Bad. That's big so boy in, numbers. In say. terms of UK mm. numbers, those are some pretty big boy numbers. Yeah. Um, uh, it's now certified double platinum. So it's a pretty big top Damn. album right there. So, mm. uh, big. so I'm going to start with Dylan. Um, yeah. You'd never heard of Paolo Nutini, is this correct? I have heard his name in passing. Right. So you that's must never thought you heard of new us. shoes on whatever. So here's the thing. Mm. So Danielle told me. So I was like, oh, I have to listen to fucking Paolo Nutini. <laughs> hey, what did you come in with an attitude? <laughs> I came in with oh, an attitude, 100 percent Because for me, Paolo Nutini sounds like some fucking no. no honestly, I, I was thinking, oh, it's gonna be some shitty fucking opera shit. <laughs> You and I was fuming. Oh. <laughs> Probably. And then Daniel was like, oh, no, 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 you'll know him. You'll know him. Trust yeah. me, you'll know him. And I was like, okay. So I played like three of his most popular songs. Not a fucking clue. I've you never heard this? of them. I've never heard any How? of his music. Wow. I've played his three most popular Bro, songs on Spotify. He's like, had bare hey, songs as like I got my new shoes on and everything's <laughs> gonna be right. You've never heard? No. I. I've never heard of it. Right. Dylan doesn't listen to I don't music. listen to the radio. He's never been out. <laughs> so I don't never, listen to the radio. Never heard is, candy is he a radio either? guy? I mean... No. 
is he a radio kind of? I mean, he's not been like on radio artist. for a while, but yeah, I mean, okay. he would have been. To be fair, maybe Dylan's just a bit too young because I remember when Paolo Nettini came out with that. Other yeah, album. I mean, this album that is 2014. Uh, yeah. what, These Streets was the yeah. first album. Was that 2007, I think? It's around oh, that right, time. I'm like three so, years younger than you. Yeah, he must have so, missed the wave. Maybe. Yeah, so for me, I've I've heard These Streets before mm. quite a lot because my brother and my dad Big are ups. fans of Paolo Nettini, so I've like heard it yeah. around. Uh, I've never really like listen to it myself if you know what i mean it's always been sort of someone else is playing mm. it but i've appreciated it and i've always liked certain songs and i i think from this album i must i might have heard it once or mm. twice but i don't mm. really remember it but i did remember iron sky so i, I remember seeing oh, a live performance of him man. doing iron sky Ooh. and that that always that always sat with me like i always remembered that and obviously i remember the old the old talk, like talk more when singles we get to that as well. but I've never sat down. Yeah, I've never sat down and properly okay. listened to this album. So mm. it's still kind of yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there was quite a few singles okay. on this album, though. I think they, he released five songs, uh, four or five of these tracks as singles. Um, the first one, um, mm. let's see, the first track of the album, Scream Funk My Life Up, this was a release. And I'm, I'm surprised you haven't heard this at all, Dylan. This didn't strike a, a match at all. You didn't, didn't think you'd heard this previously. So I swear this was in like a, an advert for something. But I don't watch TV. Uh, well, either way. Mm -hmm. um, so, Scream, Funk My Life Up. Uh, how are we going to start this? Who wants to start us off? Right. So, for me, uh, it does sound funky, funky to tune. be fair. It's a... Funk, funk My Life, my life Up. Yeah. It does live by that, you know. Uh, I do really like the 70s guitar sound that it's going for. Mm. And... It's very like Rolling Stones, very old. Yeah, it does get quite a bit of that feel throughout the album. It's, I think, a, yeah. quite a bit. This album just yeah. has that sort of like seventies blues feel. So, yeah, like every song is very seventies okay. inspired. I'm glad right? you guys have said that, that because <laughs> I've written yeah. that everywhere. <laughs> For me, like, is it's a good song, and like I like the piano, synths, and saxophone. It gives it a good personality, but it's. It doesn't really sound amazing to me. I, I liked it, but I wasn't like blown away. It was like a yeah. solid start or something, mm -hmm. you know? Damn, we got the same notes, eh? <laughs> um, so, so, I, so, the first thing I said, right? So, bearing in mind, I've never really heard this guy. I was not expecting mm -hmm. this at all. I was... Yeah. I was, I was very confused. Singer, <laughs> I was <laughs> expecting, like, fucking Ness and Dorma. Like it, I, I don't I, even know what that is. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was not expecting this at all. Uh, I said the slappy bass slaps. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> and that is a common theme throughout yeah, that, the entire some thing. Slappy bass all over mm. this. Bass. I've said this in probably every episode we've ever done. I love yeah. bass. Bass <laughs> Big is nice. Big buttery biscuit bass. Big buttery there. biscuit bass is yeah. the best thing. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um. His voice, though, mm -hmm. it's different. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a pop singer. No, he's, <laughs> you know? he's not. The, the, no. the one thing about the whole album and his voice in particular is that he's his voice used to be a lot more traditional in his earlier earlier work. Um, in yeah. this yeah. in this album, he's he sort of took more of a sort of raw sound to his voice and there was a lot more screeching it's like a um, dirty yeah. jazzy was, voice yeah. like a dirty it's, jazz it bar sort kind of like of that sort of feel you get from like the the 60s pioneers of blues and rock that's the sort of yeah tone he had like to just it. that like you know hard it had like raw, that Otis Redding yeah. sort of sound and i was just 
Mm, that really mm. attracts me to like the music. So obviously that for me, honestly, this is why I believe personally this is his best album because vocally it's by far his best album. It's also yeah. musically it's his best album. So I'll just go into that. But fair, fair, fair. But yeah, for me this it was a nice start track. This one because it had like that sort of mm. funky interludes where he was just like jumping in with like the funk my life up bit with his mm. vocals. Yeah, um, like the guitar and bass melodies were really smooth, and it was quite like a. It wasn't too much to start with, you know. It was just a, it was a good yeah. tone to start with, and that's yeah. that's where I come in. With yeah, yeah, album. yeah. That's exactly it's what I said. It's track. a nice opening song. Yeah, and then also obviously it's built the track as well to then like have, have like a not a massive ending, but like a sort of explosive mm. uh, parts of the ending. So you was gonna say, Dylan? Before yeah, before we go too much further in, Brad, like when you sing and when you play guitar, did did you kind of use this as like a bass? Because honestly. Mm-hmm. Whenever, like, I was listening to this, and whenever I was listening to some of these songs, I heard a bit you of you. You thought Brad's recommended his own album, yeah? <laughs> no, not his own album. He's just like, bro, this do you is know what I mean? You just said that you think there's similarities in the voice, is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, no, yeah, like, if you drawn inspiration from it? It's to some degree, but at I, all. We, I, when we get to certain songs, you, you, I'll expand mm. more. So Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, next track, Let Me Down Easy. Uh, I'll just start with this one. So it was like a cool, really cool, like laid back track. Then mm. it was uh, there was a lot of smooth back and forth between. So the other vocalist on this track, this is not a re-recording. Mm. So this is her original vocals that he yeah, has then mixed in I his thought, own vocals with. I thought it was a vocal okay. sample. Yeah, you could tell yeah. like the cutting. Yeah, but it was it was wasn't re-recorded. He just sang with it and tried to mix it in the best he can. And I feel like he did a really good job in trying to match sort of the vocal tone to it. Mm. Um, mm. So for me, it was just like a really cool, laid back duet in such. For me, yeah, nice, yeah. nice track. Yeah, like you said, yeah. with the, the vocal sample and him going back and forth with that, I just thought that was really good. Yeah, like, I thought he, he matched that really well. And this song, you said smooth, like this song's really smooth, like a smooth soulful song you know what i mean it's mm. just smooth yeah, yeah. and I, I like that it was a bit darker as well so the first song's quite breezy a bit light yeah. whereas this one was yeah you've mentioned earlier actually dylan like a jazz cafe like this reminds yeah. me you like sitting in a, a jazzy bar and there's just some guy yeah. over yeah. there doing cocktails doing some you're having a whiskey if you're taking a look yeah. at yeah. the like sort of elements of this album i think the main mm. parts of it was psychedelic rock art mm. rock folk and blues so i mean you got yeah. to incorporate all of that into sort of what sound you'd imagine it comes into and that's sort of what you yeah because this is this also well. yeah this is a bit of jazz r&b mm. sounding as well so yeah it incorporates yeah. a lot in this album and for, for yeah. me like you mentioned about his vocals they tend to change like a lot of the songs and you're saying like sometimes he has that 70s like screechy vocal Mm. Whereas on this yeah. one, I preferred that he was a bit more toned down and a bit more oh, laid okay. back. I preferred so, his, mm. it sounded really smooth to me. Like I really liked his vocals on this rather mm. than the more like screechy stuff. So yeah. with with that information, yeah. I'm going to assume that maybe the earlier albums are probably more for you than this one. Maybe. So, yeah, maybe. so okay, we'll, we'll move on then. Yeah. So Dylan. Um, yeah, so I... Again, the bass line in this was lovely, especially with like oh, the, the brass instruments. Mm. The brass instruments in the back just adds to like, again, like I said a hundred times already, like the kind of jazz bar vibes. Mm. Yeah. Like it's very, very chilled. 
<laughs> I also said that this bloke 100% wears a fedora. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, in his first album, he was definitely wearing uh, fedoras. Yeah, he, he, there he we definitely go. does wear fedoras. But he uh, is Italian, yeah. though. So that's <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, his voice is like butter, man. Yeah. It is so smooth. There's it. It's almost like the perfect kind of like smooth but raspy, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good song. Really good song. Mm. I wasn't expecting this, yeah, yeah. but it's a very good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So next track is Bus Talk, which is just an interlude section. Um, I haven't said too much this? about... <laughs> what no, do you mean? All said, yeah. All I said is, what the fuck is this? When it's like the first 30 <laughs> seconds. And it's just like, Same. hey there, how are you the bus today? And it's like, what the fuck am I listening to right now? That sounds like Mickey Mouse there. But to be fair, I did like the little like 30 second instrumental bit at the end. Yeah. Like, this was just a bit weird. I was like, why the fuck is this even on? Because well, it's, it's, there is another interlude in here as well. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah, it's yeah. just there to break up the album slightly, isn't it? So Yeah. I could have done without it. I feel like uh, it broke out okay. a bit too you, much. You, know? you do you, bro. You do you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next track, One Day. I'm I'm about to be a little controversial, I reckon, mm. but we, we, we move. Right. So up until now, this album is very, right, I've got a dinner party with, with the friends, get the <laughs> red wine out, making some hunter's chicken, right. yeah, yeah. you know, all of that. Yeah. Right. I, now I this like, song to me. Chicken, yeah. Oh, don't Foiled chicken, yeah. This. <laughs> this song to me, the chorus was very Arctic Monkeys. Mm, I How? can kind of see it. I said it was like the Symphony Carnival-y piano, right? And it was like the new Arctic Monkeys album, but 20 times better. I agree. It's like if Arctic Monkeys <laughs> were actually good in Red that album. That's right. what I think. I, that's Dylan, genuinely like the Symphony Dylan, Carnival piano. Dylan, stop right there. I wrote the exact same thing, right? I wrote. Shut up! I wrote right here, <laughs> this is what Arctic Monkeys were going for but failed on their last album. Bro, exactly. It's a 70s <laughs> soulful ballad, but it's not shit. It's actually really good. Literally, we've got the same notes, Dylan. <laughs> No, that is true. That's exactly what I thought about this song. Okay. It's not bad. I'm not saying no, it's bad in any way. This is what they going for. This is exactly what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> okay. Um, that, that's, that's, that's not what I've said. Um, <laughs> okay. I've just said this is a... But do you agree? Uh, no, I, I don't right. agree. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, the, the, nah, that's why that's would, 100% true. <laughs> why would I agree with, 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 with what they come out with that could be anything at all comparable to this? No, we're saying... It's not comparable. We're saying they no, no. were trying to copy what? this, but they fucked it up. Like, yeah. This is what it should yeah, be. That's... No, I, I think that was way off field. I think they were nowhere near this. So, I mean... That's yeah. We're, they were nowhere near quality. this. We're just no, but I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying style. that at all. I'm just yeah. saying I don't hear the sound style oh. at all. To all right. I'm, I'm oh, okay. Fair, for fair, me, fair, that's fair. not that's not computing. Okay. Because uh, this is sort of like a, a bluesy folk song, so I don't see how this is comparable to to what Arctic Monkeys did. Agree to disagree. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> the vocal performance on this I thought was amazing. Banging, yeah. Um, it had just that classic feel to Very it as well. Good. Mm-hmm. Like it was just uh, had a bit of because like I say as I've said so far with, with the vocals, it, you can tell mm. 
that on a lot of albums, even with like people that are doing good vocal performances, there is like vocal enhancements going on there. Yeah. I don't feel on this album at all, they've touched his vocals. Nah. I feel like this feels raw. This feels yeah. like it's actually done as is. I mm. feel like um, sometimes that's a really big benefit, but sometimes yeah. for me, I don't like his voice on certain songs, but we'll get to that anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. But like I say, this whole track just had a nice feel to it, some good uses of percussion. Yeah, overall, just a nice track for me. Yeah, like I agree with the Arctic Monkeys comparison, not in quality, but in like style. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this song, yeah. I really like this song actually. This is one of my favorites. The instrumental is so smooth. We're mm. going to use this word a lot. It's just far. smooth. It is. Like, <laughs> He's a smooth motherfucker. Yeah, There's, it's just like you're bobbing your head to it and it's just like nice to hear, you know, it's very pleasant. Yeah, it's very the pleasant bass, on the ears. The bass stands out again. You got I whoever's think, playing yeah. bass on this, sick. I think what a lot of it is Honestly. is that a lot of the instruments are very subtle, um, yeah. and it allows his yeah. voice to build. You know, yeah. So especially on it's this not one. overpowering at all. So yeah, yeah. And the combo of like the strings and the guitar is great, and it's like really atmospheric. This song as well. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I, I mm. really like this one. This was standout for me. I agree with Brad as well. Like there is. A lot of layers to the song. There's a lot going on, but it nothing is ever it's like too open, loud or yeah. too in your face. Yeah, it was just in the background, just like a little whispering in the ear mm. kind of thing. It's, Here and it's there. like the music so, seducing so well your ear whilst he's fucking pounding at it. Yeah. You know? But they, Honestly, they copied Alex Turner. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so our next track, Numpty. Yes. Um, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. we got we got some good things yeah. to say then, boys. No, I'll start. Oh, with uh, no. Oh, I'll start wow. Adam, you. Uh, this okay. was the first song on the album I didn't like, apart from the interlude. Yeah. Right, so this is this is a different sound to what we've had before. This is to me. This is a bit more country, rocky, and uh. I mean, I felt it was more bluesy, but you know. We'll yeah, go. right. Bluesy, bluesy country rock. Like, yeah. Not the same genre, but carry on. <laughs> The guitar, <laughs> the guitar is really good. I didn't like the sax in this song. I thought it was a bit jarring. I didn't think it really fit that mm. well. Whereas on mm. other songs, mm -hmm. it really mm -hmm. added to it. Mm. Uh, it mm. gets a bit repetitive to me, this song. It doesn't really stand out. Like All of the aspects musically are very good. They're well performed. His vocals are still very good. But to me, I just it's not something I choose to listen to. It was just kind of like a bit backgroundy to me. That's it didn't fine. really capture you, me. You do you. That is fine. Adam, I think we have got the same notes. <laughs> I said this song was fine. Yeah. It was not like the other songs up until now. Like all the other songs have been like really impressive in terms of like music and the singing and the vocals. This is good. Mm. But I'm, it's not something I'd put on and be like, oh, yeah, listen to this Paolo Natini song. Yeah, you know? For me, this is um, a skip. It's not bad, but it's a filler. Yeah, it's a filler song on the album okay, for this, me. This for me personally. is not a filler song. Um, I feel like this holds its own completely in this album. Okay. In terms of it, it's just it's just a little more dialed back than some of the other songs. It's not as complex. Yeah. But for me, again, it's just because he carries the song through his vocal performance, and that for me is still just outstanding. So... Again, just another yeah. really good track for me. Yeah. 
That's fair. I can understand why. Hmm. For me, like everything I've heard heard up until now has been like big. You know, yeah. it's had like a lot yeah. to it. So, yeah, I I like his his bigger songs. Okay. Like his more intricate, fatter songs. You know. So next track is just another interlude, but this one's just a little bit of a jazz section thing going on. Yeah. Um. Anyone have any comments on this at all? No, I just said that percussionist is going in. <laughs> He's just doing some shit, man. He just started Man's picking up in. random instruments. So I started fucking banging it. You know? It was fine. Yeah. So it was, it was he just decided he was going to be a one-man orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't write anything about the interlude, to be fair, but okay. right. it's an interlude, didn't so it? So now, for me, we are now moving into the best section of the album. Agreed. Okay. So we have our next track, which is Better Man. Uh, I'll, yes. I will start with this uh, because go. The next, go the next three songs, in my opinion, absolutely just topple this album. Yeah. Um. So it just had like again, you said earlier about some Rolling Stones vibes. I feel like this had the most Rolling Stones vibe to it. Mm, um, not Rolling Stones, mm. but we'll get to it. Well, it had sort of that acoustic-y style sort of Rolling Stones sound to it, in my opinion. Right, Brad. Let me just stop you there quickly. Right. Right. I told you before before we discussed this album, listen mm-hmm. to Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. This the first two minutes of this mm-hmm. song is almost a carbon copy of Fake Plastic Trees. The guitar is incredibly similar and it was really distracting. It, I mean, again though, I mean Fair. the guitar in such songs, they are just like a four chord tune though. I mean, yeah, exactly, but the the chords not exactly if you're ripping it off, it's it's kind of hard not to if you're just using the same tuning. Nah, so. the chord progression and the way he was singing on it and like the whole aesthetic was borderline like interpolation though. It wasn't a cover, but it was very, very similar to me. And mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to ask you guys to listen to it. Because I wasn't sure if that was just Fair. me, because I'm such a Radiohead fanboy, but it was really distracted to me. Where I was like, "Am I listening to Fake Plastic Trees right now? What the fuck?" I didn't feel like Fair. it had anything sort of like the same vocal runs as it. It's... It changed halfway through, where mm. a lot more elements got added, and it stopped sounding like that. Yeah, and I, I genuinely did enjoy the song. Like I loved the second half a lot more, but. Yeah, both yeah. times I listened to this song and I even ran it back a third time just to check. It, I couldn't get past that, it sounded so similar to me. <laughs> it was really weird. Well, for me, it was just like but, a really refreshing but. sort of love style ballad. Overall, really, really nice track. Yeah, for me, I, I said I loved how throughout the song it just kind of progressively added just like more layers, mm. yeah, and a little bit more, a little bit more. And then by the end, there's a fucking like choir and a big band in the back and yeah. it's such a good song like like especially with like the bass as well like the long kind of like lingering bass notes and stuff like that mm. good song what the vocals the backing vocals was fucking mm. yeah. good yeah a lot of the vocal layering within this album is also just top notch so honestly yeah, honestly no, the vocals were beautiful in this song to be fair this was one of the standouts vocally yeah nothing more to say adam no, apart from the Radiohead like thing that I couldn't really get past the yeah. first, I did really like the build up, like you said, and also there was like so many different instruments in this. There was like a flamenco y like Spanish guitar in there mm. at yeah. one point. There was loads yeah, of different yeah, yeah. percussion. There was like people just 
bashing on shit and just like it felt like <laughs> it felt like there was like 20 guys in the studio all just playing yeah, like you one feel instrument. like there's been a lot of yeah sort of, there's a big band influence in this yeah as well, isn't there? So, yeah definitely. yeah it's like orchestral but like yeah. obviously not sounding mm. orchestral yeah, yeah this was yeah, good yeah, yeah. still it was a good song it's just really distracting so Mm. Uh, next track Iron okay. Sky now let me just give you a little info into my feelings about this song is that wow. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I recently did a list of my 20 favourite songs of all time and this was in there um, yeah. yeah, because for me this is like genuinely one of the top tier songs I've ever listened to and as well is that if you hear the live recording he did um, I think it was at Abbey Road my okay. Gosh, it is incredible. It, the live Send performance, the live performance, I believe, is better than this recording, and, and that's because it's just so raw. Like it's so so good. Um, but yes, yeah, uh, that live performance kind of reminded me of uh, Jason Derulo at the Nickelodeon. Okay, you're Choice fucking cancelled. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck Did out you say the here. Nickelodeon Awards? Bruh. I'm fucking no. I swear, literally, like turn your mic off, walk away. Oh my god. Ah, so Oh my god. Um just in terms of vocal performances, this is one of the best vocal performances I've heard. Um and just all yeah. the background tunes to it as well. You've got the whole band oh going on as well. Uh, and then also you saw you hear in the song there's sort of an excerpt in there that they um, a spoken section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do either of you know where that's from? Yeah, I've heard it hundreds of yeah, times. I, think I've heard it. I used to yeah, in history that. class. Uh, it's spoken by Charlie Chaplin, and it's out of the film The Great Dictator. All right. Yeah. yeah. But say, yeah. moving on to what your know. opinions are, guys. Um, the opening of this, I couldn't get over it. Right, the opening of this sounded like a luxury yoga advert. <laughs> that's <laughs> if you listen to it listen Muller to it, light. <laughs> it honestly no Muller Lux right. that's what that is but no oh, listen to it again okay. alright and then keep that in mind but apart from that I said this song is just fucking sexy mm. the raspy voice the piano the drums and then like it just builds and builds and then it fucking drops and then there's just a whole fucking slew of just instruments and i had goosebumps listening to it mm. actual goosebumps and then when it slows down with the speech and it had like the echoey guitar and all that kind of stuff mm. my god it is easily easily the best song on the album mm. for me yeah and i i'm gonna put this on every playlist Oy. it's so good it is so good this is top tier music it is top tier let's be honest Honestly, fucking slapped. And then at the end, I said, I'm actually shook with like 14 O's. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is getting this is getting weird now because literally the one word I wrote for this and my one word review was goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Adam, stop, <laughs> bro. What's going on? Are we like telepathic or something? Oh, no. Yeah, I'll just read you what I said. This is my shit yeah. straight away. Like, this is better than I thought it was as well because... Mm. I'd heard this years ago, but I'd never like sat down and listened to it, you know. And now uh, this is like what six and a half minutes long. It's, and it's, it's like significantly long, but it, it, it's, yeah, you, you do not feel that. I swear, no, nah, it's not it's, long it's, enough. No, it's just a ballad. Yeah, anthem. The just the way he comes into it alone. Yeah, 
it's, honestly. Yeah, but it's like it's got a dark atmosphere again, which I really love on this album. There's yeah, like yeah. The haunting guitar, thudding bass, yeah. eerie piano. It all blends together like really well. The vocals are powerful, mm. genuinely powerful. Like what we were saying with yeah. some of the Sam Fender songs, where it's mm. like you can you can hear the emotion in the voice, and I love that. If you if like say if we just go through like this opening vocal lines where he's like we are yeah. proud individuals living for the city where the flames go any higher uh what's the next section we find God in religion to paint us with salvation I'm just like fuck yeah man. yeah that's deep. yeah this song <laughs> as well like this song I did pay attention to the lyrics because a lot of the other songs don't really need to pay attention to the lyrics some of them are just like mm. a, like a, a lot of them are just love songs so yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, like, it really stood out. And the chorus is so weighty. And it genuinely makes you want to, like, belt it out along, you know? Mm. You can imagine, like, seeing mm. this live and just being like, yes, fucking, let's go. And, yeah, yeah like, yeah. this is easily the best song on the album by far. Like, there's not even competition. Are we, are we all at, are we at the same level where this songs. is a 10 out of 10 song? Yeah, this is a are 10 we there? out of 10 for me. Are we yeah. there? Yeah, I... I said in my review over here, bruv, honestly, this tickles my pickle. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get standard good albums and you have like a, a good song here or there. Yeah. And sometimes you have an album that's good and then one song can elevate it where it makes it better. This song is genuinely mm. that good. Yeah. That it yeah. just like stands out so much. Yeah. Easy. Mm. Easily. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. So, our next track, Diana. Um, for me this was quite a cool track Uh, it's like I say it's just Mm. quite quite rhythmic very smooth I really like uh, I was saying about the vocal layering earlier but it's got some really cool features to the vocal layering and like the dubbing and bits today Um, yeah and also I I really just like the chorus as well it was like just saying Mm. Diana she loves me I'm like alright cool bro (laughs) Um, see you on my mans who wants to start here Adam yeah go on was this about Princess Diana by the way Uh, do you know I don't know (laughs) no I don't know uh yeah um it's it was always going to be a bit of a come down after the last song like yeah. how are you going to follow that but this song oh like, I, I really love the fact that it was really stripped back because mm. sometimes you want to hear his voice more and like some of the instruments could drown it out a bit whereas this it was like very simple moody vibe like moody blues and his voice was really different on this because he was obviously more high pitched, more of a falsetto. And I really mm. liked his vocals as well. Like the chorus was really catchy. I've got yeah. it sort of repeated in my head now. Yeah, it was short, short and good. Does the job. Yeah. It's just a really good song. See, I was not a fan of it. It wasn't bad. Mm. But after Iron Sky, <laughs> it I... I couldn't get over it. it. For me, it should have been like the the order should have been Iron Sky, then Better Man, and then Diana. Kind of just to slow you, slowly bring you down. Maybe, you know, because yeah. it went from like this big fucking amazing, you know, song mm. to him just kind of there on a little or, or maybe, little track. Maybe just, it's not bad. Maybe just finish with Iron Sky. I yeah, mean, it's, it's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it feels like a closer. I'll sort of get onto that after. Oh, God, yeah. It's hard to follow but that yeah, up. This... Like, how do you follow that song <laughs> Exactly. This, for me, the song Diana, it's kind of, in my memory, it's just like, oh, it's just not as good as the song before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's a good song. It's fine. But I didn't have much to say on it. It's just not, there's nothing much there for me. You know, I don't, I like the big band. I like the big vocals, the big songs, you know? Hmm. Got you. So our next track, yeah, yeah, Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. For me, this is probably, I mean, I don't dislike the song, mm. uh, but for me, it's probably the worst one on the album. Yeah, it's not um, probably. Yeah. It's definitely the worst <laughs> yeah. one on the album. You didn't like the rap feature. You're not feeling oh, that. Oh, bro. No, no, no. Right, <laughs> we'll get that. We'll get <laughs> You finish, Brad. I might have, I've got some yeah, things to just, say. It just, had a, it just had a slight bot feel to it, but I mean, I. Uh, it just—it's a little bit disjointed. And the one thing I did also say about this was, it felt like Beck had already done this. Bruv, what is going on? I said the exact same thing. <laughs> I said this sounds like a bad Beck song. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Don't know what that is. All right. Don't worry, Dylan. At least I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. For me, this is by far the worst song on the album. This mm. is genuinely yeah. really bad. Like this is the only I song I would really say. bad. <laughs> no, this is the only song I'd say on the album that is genuinely bad. I feel like I immediately dislike the riff. Like mm. even the guitaring, I didn't really like. There's some weird washboard mm. sounds. I mean, I said this with like Paramore before. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck is there washboard in this song? To me, it sounded like it was trying to be like country, jazz, rap, R and B rock all at the same time the feature yeah there's a lot going on feature was jarring and terrible the didn't yeah. like the chorus and it sounds like a bad beck song that just about sums it up it's just <laughs> not good at all the only nice thing i had to say about it is that that fat vibrate bass was cool right. <laughs> it wasn't it was it didn't need to be there but it was cool yeah um his voice was fine in this i guess but it just wasn't as like inspired as the other songs, it, you know. Yeah, it shouldn't have there was been nothing, on this album, nothing in there. My opinion. It so and jarring. Janelle Monae on this, what? <laughs> like the vibes were not there. <laughs> no, nah, it was. So it's weird. just completely the wrong. Like he needed someone with a bit of a name. Did she have a name back then? Uh, yeah, sort of. I don't know. No, Janelle, yeah, I don't Janelle Monae yeah. is not a rapper though. That's the thing. She's an R&B yeah. singer. That's why it's so weird. Yeah, like, I mean, if she would have sang on it and they would have gone back and forth similar to like the earlier yeah. song, it would have been good. But instead, they were like, I'd... oh, yeah, spit some bars for me. I mean, just spitting bars. Like the song actually just lacks from like its, its, its lack of actual cohesion, though. Yeah, because um, it, yeah. it does it does feel a little bit sloppy in places. Yeah, like a lot of the instrumentation yeah, 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 doesn't yeah. really fit, in my opinion. So yeah. I did like the West Side Gun feature though. That was good. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boop, boop, boop. Um, uh, that's another thing we've oh. previously spoke about that's entered into this chat. Um, hey, so, <laughs> so our next track, "Looking for Something," for for me, this yeah. is like the perfect laid back chill song. Like you're lying on the beach, Amen. you've had like a long day, you know, you're just chilling back. You wanted to put some little soft vocal thing on. You're like, I do you know what? Let's throw this tune mm-hmm. on. That's that's mm-hmm. where I'm at with this song, and that's just like the perfect sort mm-hmm. of scenario for it. Where are you boys yeah. at? Yeah, I said, I said this song is so much better. Mm. Yeah, like the sultry kind of like jazz and the violins in the back, and it's just fucking. Again, I've said it, but before, but fucking, it's just sexy. Mm. You know, you put that on, you're you're sitting there with a red wine, 
and you're chilling. I really thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're sitting there with an erection and you're just chilling. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but with red wine as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's not. It's a very good song. It's just like the vibe. It just encapsulates like the vibes of this entire album Bro, in this you're song fucking for me. pissing me off right now <laughs> oh stop i literally said this feels like his definitive sound so this is like oh for fuck's if sake you, the, if you wanted to show someone what paolo Nutini sounds like you'd this is the this song. song yeah and Bro. i really like the, <laughs> i really like the violin and the strings I didn't even know Basically, I said exactly the same as what you two said. Like, this song's really good. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking uh, great song, yeah. Uh, track next, Cherry Blossom. Uh, mm. This song has more of like a power oh, rock yeah. feel to it. It's more of a psychedelic rock uh-huh. song. Um, so it's, it's yeah. a bit more aggressive, especially in sort of the chorus setting where he really belts out the Cherry Blossom bit. Mm. And yeah. again, it's just showing the different levels to his voice because we've just had a song where he's like very relaxed, very chilled. Mm. And then in this one, he builds and he's like getting really aggressive and has that grit to it. And it's more of a raw sound. Mm. But overall, it just had this really cool guitar line throughout. And like I say, just a nice psychedelic feel to it. I kind of, I, I agree, but kind of, I, I wrote something different. So I said, it's very like old, like ro- old school rock and roll vibes with like some synthy layers to it. Mm. Um, and then, like, the chorus was very, like, 70s and 80s metal, I said. Metal? Like, in terms of, <laughs> no. yeah, in terms uh, of, like, not, like, heavy metal, like, not, like, metal like these days. slipped off a little bit there. <laughs> I don't think but, so. But, no, I'm, I'm talking, like, old metal. I'm talking, like, um, I'm trying to think of a band, like, kind of, like, no. not really Def Leppardy, but, like, in that kind of, like, synthy guitars and fucking heavy you know it was very heavy and i i really i really enjoyed this song yeah yeah, i I know (laughs) it's in my head i just can't get it out uh no i banged this song fully banged this is if he had more songs like this i he'd definitely be in my like favorite artist Hmm. it's it's very not the same Uh, let me try that again (laughs) this song isn't very similar to any of the songs on the album but it's very welcome, mm. you know? Right. I enjoyed it. Um, at least I'll notice the difference this time, because I'll start by saying yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. really like this song. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I knew. You were. I, I, this is not your bag, I feel like. Nah. like this is not really Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I did really like was the funky bass line. Again, mm. yeah. it was impossible not to tap along, even though I wasn't feeling a lot of the rest of the song, because that bass was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so good. I didn't Spicy. need the breakdown at the end. So I think there was like a minute and a half or like a two minute where it just sort of played out the instrumental. And by that point, I was kind of done with the song. I was like, you can, you can move on now. And it, I did feel like it went on a bit long. It, it was much more rocky and fast paced, but mm. that's not really what I enjoyed on this album. I preferred the slow down, more ballady mm. songs. So this it wasn't, it wasn't like the worst song on the album or anything. And it was like, not a skip, but it didn't really stand out for me. Okay, fair enough. I just, I just, fair I just feel like personally, I feel like because it adds a different layer to the album for me, it just adds to the yeah. total picture of the album, which is what I quite enjoy about yeah, it. it. It shows a different part, like a different side to his mm. voice and his music. If you also look at like previous albums that he's done as well, he doesn't really venture into this sort of sound an awful lot because yeah. a lot of his earlier stuff is very basic acoustic stuff. 
Um, mm. And what we've heard throughout this album so far, where it's had like its big band and jazz and bluesy influences, he's not used that throughout a lot of his career, but in this album, he uses it quite a lot. And it's such like a, uh, it's more, it's a far more mature take this album than what he's previously done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we go to our final song, Someone Like You. This is basically <laughs> just an acoustic lullaby. Well, it's like, it's not even acoustic. It's just got a bit of bass back there and it's just <laughs> singing to it. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just like a nice little ending, really. I mean, it's just, it's like singing you out of the halls, really, to me. That's what this feels mm. like. Fair enough. Would you be fair enough? <laughs> to me, to me, it was more of an anticlimax. I feel what? like the album, you already reached that pinnacle where you hit high and sky midpoint of the album. Hmm. And then even just looking at my scores, it sort of slowly peters out towards the end. And this song, I, I didn't mm. really like at all, to be honest. <laughs> didn't even need to be on it. it. This, this is not a song. Rocky for me. Just because you right. get like a, a bluesy sort of album that ends with like a little Bro, lullaby thing doesn't mean it's a Christian a rock song. Box. He was singing over a music yeah. box and singing children's lullabies. I don't want to hear that shit. I want to hear Iron Sky. And the la daddy dars that That put me off as well. I did like the very end. So there's like a 20 second bit at the end where it's like yeah. a bit glitchy and a bit weird. But yeah, mm. like, you know, I'm not going to feel anything if someone's just like, la di da di da, slow bombing knob. You know that's, what what that's not what he says. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what he says. I mean, it was a, bit of, it was a yeah. bit of a letdown for me. But I, I mean, I agree with you, Adam. But what I wrote as well is that this is one of those like corny songs that like, a guy would learn on guitar for his girlfriend if he wants to try and woo her. That's all I wrote yeah. for this. That's why Brad. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, though, this isn't a song you'd put in a playlist. It's just something you could end an album with. So. Yeah, I I understand. I understand that. Yeah, but then. Just, it, yeah, it's just it's not unnecessary. Then really, it, it's, it's not. Cause it's just a. It's just a. It's a very basic ending. I mean. Yeah, but then. Imagine if it ended with one of the better songs like Diana or Iron Sky or something. That makes you want to go back to the album, whereas this made me not want to go back to the album. It just made me want to listen to Iron Sky. Mm, I, I don't agree with that, but you could have your opinion. Fair enough. Fair so, so that is the full album. Uh, yeah. Where do we stand with it? Who wants to Who wants to finish off? Dylan, do you want to go with? I'll go first. So before i even put this on i i was like i'm not even gonna fucking like a single one of these songs <laughs> i thought you were just kind of trolling us if i'm being honest what? when you picked this <laughs> i didn't know who the fuck he was but um i didn't think i'd like a single song let alone the entire album but um i really really enjoyed this album hmm. i listened to it like twice within like i listened to it i was like damn let's go again hmm. and it was fucking good I don't really have much more to say. Uh, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Okay, fair okay. enough. Good album. Very good album. Let down by a couple of songs, though, for me. Yeah, for me, I, I kind of agree with Dylan, but I do think musically the, it, the album is very, very good. Like His vocals mm. are genuinely very impressive. Most of the instrumentation mm. I don't really have a problem with. It's just a lot of it comes down to personal preference. And yeah. I do prefer the album when it's more slowed down, more somber, a bit more moody. 
So I feel like I'd, I'd enjoy the album more if it followed that consistent style. But I did enjoy the album overall. And also, the album did get better for me on a second listen. So first mm. listen, I listened to it, and I didn't write any notes. And I was like, right, I'll give it another listen. And then when I listened to it a second time, that was good, because some of the songs I didn't really feel first listen, I liked a lot more on second listen. So I feel like this is a bit of a grower. I will yeah. listen to it again, and I feel like it could grow on me. And there are some really, yeah. really good tracks that stand out. Iron yeah. Sky, that's just a straight-up banger. You can't deny that, you know. And there's some other yeah. good ones on there. I think I agree with Dylan. I think I'll give it a 7 out of 10. But, okay. like, mm. placeholder, it could go up in, in mm. future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, for, for me, this is, like, such a, such a big album that something I enjoy. This Because this is, this is quite within my, my sort of range of yeah. what I really like out of yeah. an album. Because I, I span through a lot of genres, but I do have particular areas which I... I do prefer and his hymn vocally it's one of the things that I just really enjoy music this is um, a bit of you definitely. this is a bit of me because it's that yeah. singer songwriter vibe yeah 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 so with that into account and also just the just the the level I hold some of these songs as well like say we I mean I know yeah. we've literally like sucked the dick off of Iron Sky <laughs> but I mean it <laughs> that that song alone puts the album at like a like a fucking eight for me. So that's fair. So I'm gonna sit myself into an eight point five for a rating. Okay. Um, Damn. The solid, the, solid. There was only one track I didn't really enjoy. Um, yeah. So for me, it couldn't be like a ten. Yeah. Nine would have been maybe a bit high. So again, it's it's not. There are tracks on here. They if you used to give every track a rating, I wouldn't yeah. give every track. Yeah. I wouldn't give every track a nine. No. Um, yeah. But a lot of the tracks would be sevens and eights, so I feel like eight point five is like the perfect sort of rating for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, so that's that's where I'm gonna it. That's where I'm gonna sit with that. Def- cool. Definitely a solid pick, though. It's a good album. Mm. Yeah. Good, good episode, eh? Yeah. Right. So, Dylan, you got a, got a question for us? You actually thought of something? You had time? So. Okay. So I thought of something because. <laughs> I had a question, but I'm fucking hungry. Right. So my question is, <laughs> what would be your perfect burger, right? So build your perfect burger. So I'm going to start, mm, okay? okay? So I'll go for a, a brioche bun, mm, of course. course. Got to be brioche. Yeah. Got to yeah. be. Sesame, Got to be barbecue sauce, mm. lettuce and gherkins, of course. Caramelized onion. It's got to be. You're, Fresh you're, onion. You're just nuts. describing a Krabby Patty one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Can you see my? Okay. Uh, <laughs> is then it's got to be like a dirty beef burger, like a juicy as fuck beef burger. Right. Caramelized bacon, so like the American style, like crispy bacon. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom bun. Right. That's me. No cheese. Cheese ruins burgers. Right. I said Here, it. Here's there. mine. Yeah. Sesame seed. Right. Bun. Right. Lightly. Oh. Okay. You gotta have some lettuce in there. Gherkins, yeah. yeah. You gotta have like the McDonald's yeah, yeah. sliced gherkins though, because for some reason they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Uh, top tier. <laughs> you'd have you'd have a bit of spicy sauce in there. So a bit of spicy mayo, a bit of Cajun mayo, you know? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you gotta have your cheese in there. Maybe like a... what's like the what's the American cheese? Not like the one that's like in a packet. You know <laughs> the one, like American burger cheese. 
spit it out. Oh, uh, the the one that melts really, uh, the yeah, white yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the white one. And then uh, oh, yeah, yeah, peanut yeah. bar. Uh, Shut up. No, no, no. I'll punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I was just waiting to see Dylan's reaction. No, and then I was about to punch you. Then yeah. you'd have like a just yeah, like a juicy burger, maybe a bit minty, you know, a bit of mint burger in there. Minty. Mint, oh. Really. And then uh, fair. Yeah, no tomato. Get that shit out of there. No tomato. No, no tomato. Tomato, tomato is a sin. Burger. Let's be honest. It's a sin. It's sloppy yeah. and it makes everything wet. Exactly. And then yeah. And then I don't, I want normal bacon. I don't want like American crispy bacon. I want like just oh, boo. And yeah, just chuck some other shit in there. Fucking chuck a sausage in there. Put put an egg <laughs> in there. Why not? Just go crazy, you know. A sausage and a burger. That's wild, but I'll allow it. And then pineapple. Get the fuck oh, out of here. I, Adam, if you're not joking, I'm with you. I'm actually not joking. <laughs> a a grilled pineapple, pineapple slice. Yeah, like on the top. Like when you have the stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give a bit of sweetness to it. Ooh, very yeah. nice. Yeah. And also, I'm I, in. Like, I'm I in. like red onion, but not like overly cooked caramelized ones. Like they're still a bit. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right, so when you say burger, does it have to be strictly a beef burger? Nah. No. no. Okay, cool. Could be so, anything, mate. So for me... Adam, by the way, you were thinking of provolone. Ah, uh, that's the one, that's the one. So, yeah. right, brioche bun. Lightly toasted, yeah. right? Yep, yep, yep. On the bottom bun, you want a bit of mayo and you want some barbecue sauce. You want both on there, right? Mm. Okay. Okay. And so like a dirty burger then sauce. Then straight it. up, you're going to put the chicken on there. So we're talking a butterfly chicken, right? Butterfly mm. chicken, butterfly I can chicken, accept that. Nicely grilled. How's it marinated? Well seasoned. Uh, how's it? And brother, I, I don't need mad marination. I just need like it, that salt and pepper flavour. You know? That's all I need. Oh. I need. I'm the whitest oh. man you've seen, bro. What are you looking Why? at? You're not oh, looking at. We can't. You're not looking at culture right here. Man's You're looking at salt and pepper. Chicken in right? a <laughs> No, so no, no. boil the it chicken, put be, it in water. It has to be grilled. It has to be charcoal right. grilled. Okay, yeah, okay. that's yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. So charcoal grilled, right? Yeah. Salt and pepper. At least yeah. put a bit of yeah, paprika yeah. on there. Come on, man. Just a little bit. I, I'm not a big on paprika, though. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah, a bit of Cajun yeah. spice. This is your burger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, this is your maybe, burger, bro. So, like, yeah. obviously, bacon on top, smoked bacon. This is. Yeah. Uh, smoked. Yeah, got to be smoked. Yep. Uh, a light layer of cheese, preferably cheddar. Mm-hmm. Cheddar, um, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then some lettuce to top it off with the bun then placed nicely on top. Okay, simple, yeah, simple. Simple, mate. Nothing too okay. extraordinary. that's fair. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'm going to change my answer because cool. I want a chicken okay. burger as well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the chicken. Get rid of the lamb burger and you want like a southern fried chicken. What? Bread crumbs. Like buttermilk. Yeah, like buttermilk bar- chicken. Milky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Now. Crispy. Right, let's end Crispy. <laughs> so, <laughs> next week, our film choice is going to be Brad's. Yeah, so, yep. what would you like us to watch next time? All right, so I'm excited. Our next film choice is going to be Beasts of No Nation. Oh. I've never heard of that. Big it's on Netflix. Big boy choice. Big boy choice. All right, Dylan, don't, don't, don't learn anything about it. Just go in dark. Mm. I'm going to go in raw. Right, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> going wrong yeah carry on <laughs> <laughs> and dylan's album next week is going to be okay 
So I was gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna tell you now. I was gonna pick. So Adam, you'll know. You know, people just do nothing. Yes. What? They have an album. Pick yeah. the corrupt okay. FM. Oh, corrupt yeah. FM have an album. It's I was. I was gonna pick mm. that because it fucking bangs. Yeah, yeah. It is full full of bangs. There's but... a dead MC on the floor. Who was it? Oh, MC, MC Grindr. <laughs> <laughs> but instead yeah, yeah instead i kind of went with all, almost similar vibes i've gone for settle by disclosure okay all right settle by disclosure because okay. we haven't really listened to anything like that yet uh, we've listened to bands and to prodigy but yeah not quite the same oh vibes. yeah no it's not yeah, the same it's, it's not the same yeah 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 for for me like my favorite song of all time is on this album so we move we move yeah okay yeah so yeah join us for next episode where we'll be discussing beasts of no nation and settle by disclosure yeah cheers guys that was a good little conversation got a bit emotional in places yeah i cried three times it's great Um, yeah and i'll see you next time bye-bye bye